Welcome to the Tash Show Podcast. I love a good a good bat freak out. But imagine being on an airplane and having a bat problem. It happened to a bunch of uh, uh, passengers on a Spirit Airlines flight on Friday from Charlotte, North Carolina to Newark, New Jersey. Somehow a live bat stowed away on board, started flying around the cabin. And as you can expect, people were freaking out. <laughs> That was the same noise I made when we saw the bat in our apartment, by the way. (laughs) That's a a 32-year-old man screaming right there. (laughs) That broke some glass. Uh, We got to give a kudos to one of the passengers, the hero, the the Samuel L. Jackson of the flight. (laughs) I'm tired of these bats. (laughs) I'm sick and tired of these Monday to Friday bats on this Monday to Friday plane. (laughs) Uh, one of the passengers was able to trap the bat in the bathroom. Oh, okay. In, in the bat room. In the bat room. And then get it to the toilet and then suck it out with the sweet airplane bathroom? You'd think it would be possible. Those well, things know. Those things seem to suck pretty hard, right? Yeah. What else would you do to get it? Like, well, the- nobody used the bathroom for the rest of the flight, and the bat was just in there. <laughs> and they landed the plane, and it was Spirit Airlines' problem, right? Wow. Good on that guy, because what else would you do? Maybe take a magazine out of your bag and try to swat it? It'd be hard. Catch it with a with one of those little blankets? Yeah, or with a puke bag? <laughs> Get it. Yeah, roll up the puke bag and bend the little bendy part <laughs> yeah. over to trap it in there. You never know. Didn't some guy, where were we somewhere, Jim, and some guy got mad at you because you said you killed a bat? Oh, yeah, he was kind of upset. It was We were on McCabe's the one day we did the McCabe's Thursday broadcast at the start of the summer, and uh, this guy was talking about bats and how there was a bunch of bats around this area, and you can call somebody if you find a bat or something like that. And then I, I talked about having an old farmhouse that we grew up in as kids. My brother killed one with a tennis racket a few times, and I, once I said it, I kind of laughed. And he looked at me disgusted, and he was like, you know, you can get charged for that, eh? And then that's what I looked at. Is it illegal to kill a bat? Apparently. And I looked down at his hands. He had a bunch of rings on, and one was a bat ring. This guy, like, Uh-oh. loved bats. They were his spirit animal. <laughs> was, but, it, was his name Bruce? Wait a second. <laughs> he was rich, and he mentioned his parents were both dead. <laughs> But I think, I don't know, there's certainly protected animals because they eat a bunch of mosquitoes, I think, in the summer. And Uh with West Nile, when it pops its ugly head up, I think they want to keep the bats around. I'm fine with bats, as long as they're not 10 feet from my face. (laughs) Yeah, in my hair. Anywhere within this radius here, then I think tennis racket is fair game. (laughs) It's a stand your ground issue when they come in your house. (laughs) They're terrifying. Oh my God! And what is it with people wanting to just cause destruction? Like we talked about the ice cream liquors. Ugh. Down in the States, a couple of people were posting on social media videos of them licking ice cream, putting it back on the shelves. Yeah, people uh, taking swigs of Listerine and mouthwash and then spitting it back into the mouthwash, putting it back on the shelves. And I just read one here. It's a woman down in the States. Her hair fell out because somebody had dumped a bottle of Nair, oh god, the hair removal stuff, into yeah. a bottle of Pert Plus. 
Oh, my God. And put it back on the shelf. So she just uh, buys this shampoo. <laughs> that would hurt. Like, I, my roommate in college would nair his chest hair. And when he would do it, he would go, ah! like, he would be in pain for several minutes. Imagine that happening to you out of nowhere on your, your head. head as you're in the shower. Wondering what the heck is going on Yeah, there. you think you'd, you're dying or something. And then we just uh, found this video. Yeah. From Toronto. Yeah. Of a uh, a young woman who is tampering with the mail system in an interesting way. So I guess technically Mississauga, but uh, yeah, she just rolls up to a Canada boat post mailbox, you know, the big red boxes that you, they got on the corners across all the cities, and just pours a drink right down at a bright red uh, cooler, I guess you'd call it, uh-huh. right into it's the... like a cream soda or Yeah, something. yeah. So definitely going to mess with a bunch of mail in there, and then just walks away. So it's a six-second video. Here, I'll show you it right here. Six-second video. Very simple. She's not swearing or anything? And somebody's holding the camera and laughing. Yeah. Real funny, guys. So, of course, they post it. And, of course, people are upset. It's not the end of the world. It's not the worst thing. It's not going to hurt anybody's life necessarily or injure somebody. Hey, you got checks in there yeah, or you got a letter from grandma, a birthday card, you know? Yeah. It's just a huge ignorant inconvenience that you get nothing out of. Yeah. But you just potentially ruin somebody's day. Well, you might get something out of it because uh, if she is tracked down and arrested, she could be facing 10 years in prison. <laughs> yeah. That's a federal offense messing with mail. <laughs> I asked on the Facebook page, what do you think uh, her charge should be? And people are all saying destruction of property, vandalism. Other people saying she should hand deliver each piece of mail she stained and confessed to what happened. <laughs> Melanie says tampering with Her Majesty the Queen's mail is a Canadian equivalent of a felony. She's about to get five years. I think a fair and just punishment would be community service. Uh, make her drink 10 drinks and then you can't pee until all the mail is delivered. <laughs> now we're getting creative. <laughs> and you know what? If you're willing to put yourself online doing something stupid, your punishment should be a stupid online shaming. voted shaming punishment. Totally. Yeah. We put her in a giant mailbox and we just fill it up, slowly fill it up with cream soda <laughs> until her head is submerged. See how you like it. See how long she can hold her breath for. (laughs) Houdini style. Get a dunk tank and let the entire city take a free throw. (laughs) (laughs) People, if she's going to douse the mail in cream soda, her punishment should be cream soda related. (laughs) It is sports time. Devin Peacock is here and uh, you're gearing up. You're getting ready for the the NFL season, which is uh, about a month out. By watching Hard Knocks. I love this show. This is where they let the cameras and the microphones into the locker rooms, into the practices for one of the NFL teams. Who is it this year? It's the Oakland Raiders this year. It is consistently fantastic. And if episode one, which aired last night, is any indication, this is going to be a really good season. So uh, the star of the show by far is this guy, uh, Jonathan Abram. He was a first-round pick of the Oakland Raiders this year. They had three this year. He was the third of their first-round picks. So there was one part of the show where he and another first-round pick 
uh, decided to bond by riding horses together. <laughs> what? Those poor horses. Those are not light men. <laughs> and then uh, later on, the entire team's at a dinner, and Abram asks David Carr, the quarterback, how you pronounce salmon. Like the fish? The fish. How do you say, how do you say the one, seared sear, sear salmon or seared salmon? Salmon. 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 So why not salmon? It's salmon. You got to learn this stuff, bro. Huh? You got some money now. You're going to go to some nice places. And I like to say, I want to seared salmon. 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 I got so much money in the palm of my hand. <laughs> it's true. What's that L doing in there? Nobody uses it. <laughs> well, I mean Salmon. Support of any silent letter. Yeah, no, seriously. We should get rid of them. Altogether. Yeah. Waste, so, so we'll start calling the show Hard Canucks. <laughs> waste of... Uh, <laughs> well, just drop the, drop the K. Oh, okay. It's a waste of uh, printer ink. Kind of is. Right? Yeah. You don't need those extra letters in there. <laughs> Solomon. I don't, I don't have a good reason for why it is salmon as opposed to Solomon. Neither do I. Yeah, I, I, I can't tell you. I mean, you laugh and you're like, oh, what a dummy, but he's, kind, he's right. <laughs> it should be Salomon. <laughs> Uh, another big uh, part of this uh, episode was really Antonio Brown, who didn't feature in it too much just because he hasn't been on the field a lot lately. He uh, he posted a picture online the other day of the soles of his feet, oh, it's so disgusting. which are, to say conservatively, they're torn up. Well, the entire bottom of his, both of his feet are, are peeling off. It looks like... Uh, it, just his feet have been sunburnt or something. Yeah, two massive blisters. He went in a real dry a chiro chamber uh, with the wrong footwear, and it burned basically the bottom of his feet. So a chiro cha- cryo chamber. These are the, um, the extreme cold treatment mm-hmm. things, right? So it would be like liquid nitrogen on your feet, I guess. I don't know. Kind of feeling? He's frostbite? He basically is Pretty what much he has? basically frostbite. Then it's an old now slowly peeling off the bottom, the soles of his feet. It would be satisfying if you could peel off a perfect footprint from the bottom of your foot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. I know it's disgusting, but everybody loves the... Just that if you get a good peel going, it's gross to everyone but you. Oh, it's so good. But it's so satisfying. And then for some reason, if you leave it like on your bathroom counter or something like that, it gets harder than a rock overnight. You save yours? <laughs> not on purpose. <laughs> not on purpose. Uh, you ever reminder, like do not touch any counter surfaces in Jim <laughs> Kelly's house. Oh, what's this potpourri? <laughs> no. Oh, look, uh, a, a random potato chip just sitting here on the bathroom vanity. Mmm, <laughs> salty. <laughs> oh, God. You're recommending hard knocks. We should be watching the show, Dev. 100%. A while back, we had Scott Moyer and Tessa Virtue in the FM 96 studios, and we talked to them about the Tragically Hip and why they choose to uh, skate to Tragically Hip music. Wanted to skate to the hip at the games. That's why we came out in the fall, you know, just after Gordo died. You know, like I was lucky enough to to be in Ottawa at his second last show and to watch in Kingston and. Um, you know, the whole country felt that. That was that's the soundtrack for when I was in high school, and then 
um, you know, people 10, 15, 20, 30 years older than us too. So yeah. they reached a huge demographic and, you know, his fight and it was, it was just so courageous and, and so Canadian, you know, that, that was a moment. And that's when I kind of started to buy in a little bit to making people feel something, you know, like I, I thought to myself, if I can make even one person feel just like a tiny little iota of what, you know, Gord made me feel. Yeah. And it inspired me and then it's worth it. And I use that as as an inspiration for, for a lot of our training and a lot of the, the harder days and then kind of uh it made sense to to circle back around and, and skate to long time running after twenty years uh with T and Well uh, you guys know you do make people feel like that. Uh Tessa, you come home and you have that medal around your neck, the gold medals that you won in Pyeongchang, and the first thing you start doing is taking them to schools. I mean you look at those kids. I know my son's gonna be stopping by. My wife is mad about you too and she wants to bring my son in this Aww. morning to get a picture with you boss brad brought little mia <laughs> in like you guys are idols to these young children but also to to their parents and the entire country like you must feel that right well we certainly feel the support and and it's truly heartwarming we and we've gotten that especially from our local communities for the last 20 years but returning home from pyeongchang it seemed to be on a bit of a different level and and we're so grateful for that and it's a responsibility we don't take lightly. You know, you mentioned being role models and having kids look up to us. And, and that's, uh, you know, a role that we're honored to take on and, and something that we were lucky to have mentors growing up and, and skaters to uh, idolize. And, and we're very pleased and, um, to, to sort of take that on as well. It's almost too bad that you guys have to be over there competing and you can't be here watching everybody and feeling the excitement that you're creating at the same time. You know what That's I mean? That's true. Well, thank goodness we weren't totally aware of that, though, while we were taking the ice. I mean, we felt the support, but we really needed to shut everything else out and just focus on each other and on our programs. But you're right. I wish that we could also have a sense of what it was like back here in Canada. Yeah. You're, you're role models. You can't do things like... Uh, chug beers at hockey games and yell at raps. <laughs> yeah. That's out of the yeah. question. What a yeah, bad example never. you'd be setting for children, Scott exactly. Moyer. I would never even think <laughs> about that. What a segue. That. You know, just like when you thought Scott couldn't be more of a Canadian hero, he's on camera chugging a beer, yelling at a ref, and it somehow made you even more popular. Isn't that crazy? I just got lucky that those are the PG things I was yelling at. <laughs> CBC happened to capture because the there's a couple is, things that came out of my mouth I'm happy weren't on TV. The thing is, though, Scott, I saw that and I recognize that guy because I've seen him at London Nights games. <laughs> yeah. I've seen him at Barney's in the summertime and, like, and everyone started freaking out. They're like, oh, the, the ice dance guy's drinking a beer. Holy yeah. jeez. Imagine that, eh? <laughs> Tessa Virtue and Scott Moyer, a couple of people who deserve to be celebrated. And today's a big day in in the area, they have their uh, hometown Canada's Walk of Fame honors going on. Scott's unveiling ceremony is in Ilderton at 1 p.m. If you want to go uh, check that one out, there will be some speeches. Scott and Tessa will be there. And then Tessa and Scott will be at uh, Museum London, 5 p.m. for the London Tessa Virtue uh, Walk of Fame unveiling ceremony here. So if you want to bring your kids out, your, your significant other, make it a big family day and go see two hometown heroes getting honors that they uh, definitely deserve here in the FM 96 listening area. Jim, you had a little movie date night last night? Yeah, Cheap Tuesdays. Went and saw the new Fast and Furious Hobbs and Shaw. 
Is it Shaw and Hobbs or Hobbs and Shaw? Hobbs and Shaw, I think. Which one's Hobbs and which one's Shaw? Uh oh. <laughs> I think the Rock is Ho- the Rock is Hobbs and the other and Jason Statham is Shaw. I'm pretty sure. Uh-huh. But it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. As long as you got them both in there, yeah. you're, you're good to go. It's like Ben and Jerry. I don't know what flavors what. It's just all good. Ben and Jerry are not names of the flavors. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. Who, who's part of the ice cream? Is this Ben or is this Jerry? I, I think I got a good chunk of Ben in that bite. <laughs> All I know is together, they are stronger than apart. They make something great. So the movie was pretty good. Did you like it? Like, I, I'm not a huge fan of the Fast and Furious movies. Like, I like watching them and laughing at the ridiculousness of it all. My girlfriend loves them. Absolutely loves uh-huh. every single one of them. and has seen them all multiple times. And uh, leaving the theater, she said it was good, but it didn't have the heart of the Fast and Furious one. Because it's all about family. Every Fast and Furious movie, it's all family, family, family. Stick together. We got to stick together when we race these cars against this nuclear submarine. <laughs> yeah. like the As crazy- long as we stick together, we can do it. Fast and Furious family. Yeah, I can drive a Jeep out of a plane that's taking off a runway 100 meters in the air as long as I got my sister with me. I love I love it too because the 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 Rock in, the, in this movie series has become more of a superhero than the Marvel movies. The things he can do, yeah. Like I don't want to say any spoilers. He doesn't here. have well. Well, the best was I, I I don't know what number Fast and Furious this was, but you and I went to see it in the theater together. Remember? Yeah, yeah. and that was the fifth one. I think. We were like hugging and laughing our heads off when uh, the rock had broken his arm at some point earlier in the film and then he stands up and he like my my family needs my help and then he like flexes and the cast breaks yeah. off of his arm and it was 48 hours after he broke it <laughs> yeah suddenly he's fine and at one point a jet or a drone crashes downtown new york or whatever and somehow he removes the gun from the jet and he picks it up in his hands and is able to use it like a normal gun it just it doesn't make any sense uh-huh. and in this movie he did a thing where there's like bad guys rappelling down the tallest building in the world and he was able to jump off the top of the building fall 200 meters land on one guy beat him up i saw that in the trailer jump off that guy fall another 100 meters be able to grab onto the guy beat him up as they're still falling from this building and at one point he also punches he's in the back how does he stop does he like is there an awning that he lands on at the bottom of the building it wasn't an awning it was a uh, construction thing that covers a sidewalk and it had like some glass over top of it and but the good thing is they landed on a car so So if you hit the concrete or the asphalt you're dead but if you land on a car it's like landing on a crash mat in any of the Fast and Furious movies (laughs) like one the one movie Vin Diesel was chasing a tank on a two lane on a big highway that was on the coast. I saw that one. And the t- the car blows up that he's in. He flies across the median that's that's a hundred feet over top of the ocean. Lands on the other lane on top of a car, and he survives. So he's okay because he landed on a car. Yeah. And uh, did you like it? Did you think it it was lacking the heart of the other Fast and Furious films? The heart and the fast the other ones are it's super cheesy and it doesn't really work for me. So I didn't think it was missing it. Well but. some of the other stars are a little bit jealous, it sounds like that they weren't in this one. Tyrese. He's in uh he's in a bunch of the other movies. Yeah, yeah. Tyrese uh, tweeted out 
uh, a little bit of shade because the opening weekend for Hobbs and Shaw wasn't what everyone was expecting. It made around $180 million globally, which sounds like a lot, but it cost $200 million to make, and that's before they put all the marketing behind the film, right? Holy cow. So it didn't really hit the, the goals that the studio had set for itself. Tyrese tweeted out, Breaking up the family clearly doesn't have the value that one would assume it does. Not hating, just pointing out the facts. My respects, because The Rock tried his best, but the world's clearly uh, used to being served its Thanksgiving meal a certain way. They want the table to include all the flavors and all its usual ingredients. Middle of summer, dude. <laughs> That's a Thanksgiving reference. I mean, uh, Fourth of July barbecue, maybe? Yeah. He, he has since deleted the post. Obviously, his agents were like, dude, like they're making more of these Fast and Furious movies. You want to be in them? Yeah. Take that down. Yeah, and they still made $180 million. I guess Vin Diesel hates The Rock, too. Like The Rock has, has, has ter- rubbed a lot of people the wrong way since he joined the franchise. In this franchise, right, because yeah. he wasn't in the first five or six or whatever movies, and then he comes along... And he gets his own movie. I also was reading about some of the contracts that these guys have. Like uh, The Rock and Vin Diesel have stipulations where my fight scene has to be this much longer than his yeah. fight scene. And my character can never lose a fight. And I need to say six cool things every time I get in a fight in the movie. The Rock can only say four cool things or vice versa. Yeah, because they're both just huge jacked bald dudes. So they're easily interchangeable. <laughs> so I could see why Vin Diesel would want that. And also, I guess the last Fast and Furious, there was supposed to be a teaser trailer for Hobbs and Shaw and Vin Diesel said nah not in my movie because he, he he wants to be the star so they can't spin off and show that The Rock is actually the bigger star of the movie Vin Diesel has not broken his silence about the uh, the disappointing opening for Hobbs and Shaw but you know he's sitting in his mansion just with, with a wife beater on still he's got yeah. the tank top on always his chain <laughs> his gold chain and his wife beater just saying <laughs> oh, you do now, Rock. Doing so good by yourself. But fun, a fun movie to see in the sure, theater. There's just I was laughing at all the parts that nobody was laughing at. <laughs> like at one point, The Rock somehow fits into the back of a McLaren, punches his left arm out the window, and clotheslines a guy off a dirt bike. <laughs> uh, you just sold me on this oh, movie. It's amazing. I gotta go check it out. Sorry, Tyrese. That's the Taz Show podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And remember, you can tune in on the radio, 95.9 on the uh, dial in the London area. That's FM 96 or FM 96.com.